Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom and welcome. Thanks for listening, guys. This is Ryan Cabrera here in studio with Pastor Nick Plummer, and we are discussing the Torah portion, Vayachi which uh, here in Florida we say Vayechi, uh, which is the, the correct Hebrew pronunciation, of course. Uh, and that is in uh, the book of Genesis, which you can find it, uh, book of Genesis chapter 40, I think it's 47, verse 28, through the end of the book, uh, which is chapter 50, verse 26. Uh, in the Torah portion, Vayechi, it means, and he lived. And we're going to jump right in because this I mean, when you talk about uh, the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith, we're going we're gonna to read some foundational uh, scriptures here when it comes to the concepts of the Hebrew roots and our identity in Christ. Uh, and, it, and it's exciting. So I say we jump right in. What do you say, Pastor Nick? Oh, we're going to do this thing. Yeah, Genesis 47, verse 28, all the way through chapter 50, verse 26, and he lived. We're going to go right into the Torah questionnaire and check this, check this out. Uh, so how long did Jacob live in the land of Egypt? 17 years. Now, this is interesting because Joseph was 17 when he was thrown into the pit. That is so, interesting. Uh, so Jacob lived another 17 years um, and uh, got to enjoy, uh, of course, uh, Joseph and, and, and his family. Now, so, so when Israel was dying, how old was he when he called for Joseph? He was uh, 147 years old. So he's 147 years old when he called for Joseph. So we know that he was 130 he was 130 when he came into the land. Amen. Because so, he lived in Egypt for 17 years, and um, and he was 147 when he's at, at this point when he passes away. So something's getting ready to happen here because of the covenant that was made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When Joseph swore that he would bury his father in the land of Canaan instead of Egypt, what did he do? Genesis 47:29. You know what he did? He he put his hand under Jacob's thigh. Yeah, and he that's what he him. did. That's what he did. You know, once again, we're, we're sharing with you the Torah questionnaire that we use every week in our Torah studies, just so you can follow along. And if you ever visit us on a Monday night, uh, you'll be able to follow along as well. Um, and so what did Jacob tell Joseph that God was going to give him? Well, check it out. Genesis 48, 4 says, this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. So once again, uh, Jacob is sharing the promise with his son. Wait, did you uh, say Joseph? That Joseph. So he he passed this promise to Joseph. It, it, this is what it looks like. It appears that way. Now the this is the promise of the land. Okay, and there's a lot of promises about the seed in the land, but but uh, what was God going to give him? This land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. So now the house of Joseph or Joseph is receiving this promise as well. This promise was given to Abraham in Genesis 12:1. Genesis chapter 15, verses 7 and 18. And then it went down the line to Yitzhak, the child of the promise. Uh, and that's found in Genesis 26, 3 about the promise of the land. And, of course, we can we can find where it also went to Jacob. That reference is Genesis chapter 28, verses 13 and 14. Uh, and so, once again, if, if we go to uh, Galatians 3, 29, which I'm going to go to right now. Galatians 3.29. This will be very encouraging. For those of you that are listening, 
it says in Galatians 3.29, And if ye be Christ's, then ye are, are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What is this word promise? It's epigelia, a divine assurance of good, Ryan. So we are receiving this as, as Christians, as believers. Uh, we are receiving this promise because we are in Christ. We are in Yeshua, Hamashiach, the Messiah. We are considered the seed of Abraham. Now, as we move forward, uh, what did Jacob say that Joseph's two sons were to him? Well, this is interesting. Let's read it. It says, and now, 48, five. Yep, it says, And now thy, son, thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, uh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt before I came unto thee into Egypt, are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. So that's very interesting that he actually adopts them here, not as just his grandsons, but as sons of his own, that they become tribes of Israel. It's like the adoption. You know, we're all adopted, right? If you go back and look at the scriptures, you know, we're adopted into the family of God. And... Uh and then, of course, you know, it's, 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 it's amazing to me how this story plays out like a, like a true family. And uh, where did Jacob say that he uh, buried Joseph's mother, Rachel? Uh, that, that, uh, and as for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan in the way, when yet there was but a little way to come unto Ephrat. And I buried her there in the way of Ephrat. And the same is Bethlehem. So once again, you know, he, 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 Jacob's sharing this story about the, the great matriarch of Rachel, sharing this with Joseph as well. And so uh, as, as, as he's talking about the maternal mother, uh, he goes on to say, what did Jacob want to do with Ephraim and Manasseh in Genesis 48, 9? So here it says, uh, uh, Joseph said unto his, unto his father, they are my sons whom God hath given me in this place. And he said, bring them, I pray thee unto me, and I will bless them. So, so here we go. This is, I mean... We're really getting set up we're getting, for exciting We're, we're stuff. getting close to something incredible here. He wants to bless them. Yep. He wants to bless them. And so uh, the two things that Jacob did to show his love for Joseph's two sons was that he kissed them and he embraced them. That's what he did. He kissed them and he embraced them, Ryan. And so he was taking them up in his lap. And uh, Jacob's vision was, was not good. Jacob's vision was bad. It says in Genesis 48, 10, his, his, he had some good spiritual vision, but his vision was, was bad. I mean... Here he is, what, 147 years old? And so something is about ready to happen here. And, he, and here's the next question uh, in Genesis 48, 14. When Joseph put Ephraim on Jacob's left hand and Manasseh on his right, what did Jacob do that displeased Joseph? So here's what's interesting. First off, in this verse, just to, to be very clear, it says, And Israel stretched out his hands, and he crossed them. And he ended up putting his right hand on the head of Ephraim, and his left hand on the head of Manasseh. And I don't think I don't think Joseph was too happy about that. You know, and like he's got any room to speak. You know, he's not even the firstborn, right? And he's having right. this coat of many colors. He was going to be the leader. He was he was favored, you know, to be the next uh, successor and different things. But but I'm going to get into uh, these scriptures now because this is something that's actually unfolding right before our very eyes. And it actually says, and I'm going to read this to you. In Genesis forty-eight nineteen, and his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. 
And he blessed them in verse 20 that day, saying, In thee shall Israel bless, saying, God make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he said, Ephraim before Manasseh. Now, the, the Hebrew blessing or prayer that we pray every Friday night over my, over my sons is Yesimcha Elohim Kephrim Vichim Manasseh. May God make you the symbol of blessing as did Ephraim Manasseh. Ryan, this is a 3,500-year-old blessing or prayer. And I want to go back to, of course, verse 19. So it says here that his younger brother shall be greater than he. Ephraim would be greater than Manasseh. And his seed shall become a multitude of nations. Now, a multitude of nations simply means a fullness a fullness. And so, Ryan, I want to share with you what's happening in the earth today with all the craziness that is going on. What it's saying, Ryan, is, is quite profound. But in order to confirm this, we have to turn to the Apostle Paul in Romans eleven twenty five. This is what Paul says, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. And this is where we are ignorant. Lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Amen. Be come in. Be come in. Think about it. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, that you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Now, this, this is fascinating. Now, this word blindness also in the Greek, it means hardness in part has happened to Israel. Now, this word fullness is pleroma. It means repletion or completion or what fills as contents. So this reference to Ephraim, right, this reference to Ephraim is incredible. It's basically saying, Ryan, that Ephraim is going to become a bunch of diff, different ethnic groups. So check this out. A bunch of different people. So, so just to give it some context, um, so we're going to back up to verse 16 in, ver, in chapter 48. And uh, let's start at verse 15. It says, And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lad. So he's calling out to God, and he and for a blessing for these for the boys, and he says, and let my name be named on them. What name is that? It's the name Israel, and this comes up later on uh, when when you find out that the words Ephraim and Israel are interchangeable after uh, King Solomon passes away and the kingdom splits into two, and then it says and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. So there's that word multitude or fullness again, uh, that you can take the verses here that are in verses 16 and 19, that word fullness or multitude of nations, fullness of the Gentiles, and we find it there in Romans as well. And so it's like God is preaching it here, right, through Israel, and then uh, Paul is now connecting the dots to the present day in Romans. You know, simply put, Ryan, there's natural branches, which are the Jewish people. And then there's the wild branches, which are us, the non-Jews, the Gentiles coming out of the nations, wanting their Hebrew roots, wanting covenant with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We are not replacing anybody. Yeah, and we come alongside. Amen. We, we are part of this tree because Yeshua is the root of the olive tree. 
And so if this blindness in part has happened or this hardness, uh, it's all because what God has proclaimed and what he's declared. But I believe we are, we are called to love the Jewish people, to come alongside Amen. and respect Judaism and say, hey, we're the wild branches. We're grafted into the olive tree. And uh, we know that you have the scepter. And so so this is what's playing out. And it's really, it's not that complicated. You don't have to try to be Jewish. If you're Jewish, you're Jewish. If you're natural branches, you're natural branches. But if you're not, don't try to be something you're not. So, right. so we're the Gentiles, the non-Jews coming back as part of the kingdom of God to further that. And incredible things are happening in the land of Israel with the Jewish coming people coming back with Jerusalem being declared by the president, the capital of Israel. And, and, as, and as far as, you know, bringing the Jewish people back to the land and, and this, and the whole building process and everything, we need to encourage that and be a part of that and, yeah. and really be for that and uh, somehow do our part. So, and, so and, you know, just as thing. important as saying what we're saying and what we're for and what we believe, I think it's also important to clarify what we're not saying. What we're not saying is uh, that we are buying into British Israelism or that in order to become a part of this multitude of nations that's prophesied that you have to somehow be a physical descendant. Our doorway to becoming a part of the commonwealth of Israel is only through Yeshua and his blood, not a bloodline that uh, has been passed down from physical means. Uh, But a person is a spirit, soul, and body. So when you're Israel, you're Israel. Amen. That's right. Spirit, soul, and body. You know, you're grafted in just like uh, Ruth. You know, she was a Moabite and uh, she said, your God is my God. Your people are my people. And where you die, I will die. And so I, I think this is what's really happening. And, and for the sake of time, we would we would love for you to, to check out some of our YouTube channel and some some things that are that are up there to help to explain some of these things. But we're having a phenomenon happen here at Beit Dehila with some new people, new families that, that are not Jewish, of Jewish descent. Uh, they're wild branches. They're, they're the ethnic groups coming back. And so they're, they're wanting to, of course, keep the Sabbath and the dietary laws and the feast days. And they, they know the Torah's teachings and instructions. And so at a community level, they're going to be able to do this and experience this. And that's what brings joy to my heart, especially with all these opportunities. So we're going we're gonna to move on now because we could just camp out here, literally. We really uh, could. We are camping, by the way. Um, <laughs> that's true. So where did Israel say God was going to bring Joseph? In 48:21, it says and, and Israel said unto Joseph, behold I die, but God shall bring shall be with you and bring you again into the land of your fathers. So to the land of your fathers. So this is the thing that everyone's having here at Beitila, a love for the land, wanting to take trips, wanting to go over there, you know, eventually live there. But I mean, he's put that inside of us, and so he's he's reiterating this to his son you know, Joseph, I actually named Nehemiah, Joseph, that's his middle name. It means so much to me, uh, to the land of your fathers. And he goes on to say that, uh, uh, you know, uh, what was given uh, Joseph by his father that he took out of the hand of the Amorite with his sword and bow, one portion above thy brethren. Uh, Joseph, his name means to add to or in addition to, which is really good. And so uh, here's a list of all of Jacob's sons, uh, sons whom he blessed, uh, he blessed Reuben, he blessed Simeon, Levi, Judah, Zebulun, Issachar, Dan, Gad, Asher, Naphtali, uh, Joseph, and of course Benjamin. This is found in Genesis forty-nine, verses one through twenty-eight. Very interesting blessings slash prophecies, as well, and uh, and so you know Jacob. You know, he wanted his his body to be buried 
uh, in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Heatite in Hebron, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan. So once again, Jacob wanted to be buried uh, with, of course, the uh, the great you know patriarch uh, Abraham and Isaac, those two patriarchs as well, and uh, he he wanted to be buried with, of course. And we'll just look at this in, in Genesis forty nine thirty one. Uh, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Rebecca, and Leah. So this is where you know he wanted he wanted to be buried with those people, and so uh, it's kind of interesting that uh, you know there's a small population of Jewish people in Hebron today, but uh, you know I believe the Jewish people have more of a right to Hebron than I would say any other people, and um, you know the, Joseph did three things when when Jacob died. Uh, he fell upon his face. He he wept upon him. And then he kissed him, you know, uh, Jacob thought that, you know, his son Joseph was gone forever, you know, and it's kind of like this big family reunion, Ryan, uh, that I, I don't, you know, believe that the whole house of Israel is made up of nothing but Jews. I think that, that there's the nations coming back being, being, you know, grafted in. And so that's the beauty of this story of this family story that, you know, Israel's bigger than what we even know or can think of. And so it's about working together in the kingdom of God. And so, uh, Joseph commanded that uh, his physicians embalm his father. He was actually embalmed. That's found in Genesis 50, verse 2. Uh, he commanded his phys- physicians to embalm uh, his father. And uh, it took uh, 40 days to do this embalming process, which is very, very interesting. And then, of course, going back to 70 souls uh, went down into Egypt. In Genesis 50, verse 3, it, uh, it actually... Uh, Let's say they, they mourned for Jacob for 70, 70 days. They mourned for Jacob, the number 70, which means the nations, yeah. just like 70 bulls were offered up for tabernacles during the dedication of the temple. And, um, so when Joseph asked Pharaoh, if he could bury his father in the land of Canaan, what was his response? Hey, he said, go up and bury your father. Yeah. According as he had made thee swear. So isn't there like a desire for all of us? To, to want to be in the land and be a part of the land. I mean, isn't that what we're trying to do? Uh, to, to be connected to the land somehow. I, I think it's fascinating. I've had the opportunity to go to Israel seven times, and uh, we're, we're just excited about the, the opportunities that are coming our way. I do find um, it interesting that when, uh, when Ephraim and Manasseh get, and Joseph get the blessing, that the very next verse um, says that, Behold, I die, but God will bring you again to the land. Right. So they receive their identity, but then the promise is given immediately afterwards uh, that they're going to be returned into the land that was given to him by his fathers. You know, and that's the thing. So, so there was three things that, that they left uh, in the land when, when they went to go bury uh, Israel or Jacob. They, they left their little ones, their flocks, and their herds, and they went and had a memorial, a, a burial service for him, and they went back to the land. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and then, of course, it, it says here, uh, where did the house of Joseph mourn for Jacob another seven days? Uh, it's in Genesis 50, verse 10, just a little point of interest here. The threshing floor of Atad, uh, which is beyond Jordan. And then, of course, uh, after they buried uh, his father, Joseph buried his father, they uh, actually uh, returned uh, back to Egypt. Now, the dynamics is going to change a little bit because now the, the patriarch's gone. Yeah. Jacob's gone. Uh-oh. <laughs> and so what did Joseph's brothers think he would do to them 
after their father died. Well, he thought that now that uh, that Jacob, or they thought now that Jacob was dead, that, that Joseph was finally going to be freed up to exact his revenge on them. That he in might Genesis have, fifty verse fifteen. Right? What does it What does it tell us? It says, afraid and, of? "It says, and when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us, and will certainly requite us." All the evil which we did unto him, oh, which wow. was a, See, which, which is a, I mean, it's a realistic. You know, to, to be relevant on this point of interest, how many of us have seen a loved one go to be with the Lord, whether it's our our, our parents or grandparents, and then the, the family gets a little goofy, flaky, or bitter, and all of a sudden this truth comes out about favoritism or this or that, and then all of a sudden the sibling rivalry hits a peak, you know, and, and we've seen this, we've seen this. Right. And uh, and a lot of times they hold it together for the last surviving patriarch or matriarch, like say the father dies and the mother's still around, they wait until the, the last one of that generation passes away to start the infighting. No, this stuff's mine. No, that's Well, mine. you know, Jacob had overheard from his mother, and he was told that, you know, when their father would die, Isaac, that Esau was going to kill him. Yeah, So true. there was some sibling rivalry going on here. And I want to read to you in Genesis 50, verse 17. So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin. For they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. He truly had resolved everything in his heart, and he went from an unloving spirit to a loving spirit. And that's the thing we're going to be talking about at Beit this next year, the unloving spirit versus the loving spirit, and getting rid of that unloving spirit. But he wept. You know, he was really disappointed that, that they didn't have enough faith in him to know that he had forgiven them, and everything that he was doing for them was out of the love that, that was in his heart. And uh, it goes on to talk about uh, in, in, in Genesis fifty twenty three, And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation, the children also of Mecher, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. Wow. Those that were born. So Joseph actually got to see those children as well. Isn't that incredible? That is. You know, Ryan, in Deuteronomy 30, verses 1 through 3, it says, You will bring to mind the blessings and the cursings where I have scattered you. And you will return, you and your children, Hallelujah. and I will gather you. I will come and get you. And we're actually seeing this, you know, as, as it's being played out. And uh, let's see here. I, I like this, uh, how they just really uh, are having an incredible time here and something's happening. We're finishing it up here. Uh, Did Joseph tell his brothers that God would take them out of Egypt and bring them into the land that was swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? He did in verse 24. He did. He did. He sure did. And did Joseph require the children of Israel to make an oath they would carry his bones out of Egypt? Yes. Yeah, he made them promise that, which that promise was remembered. I do believe that they took the bones of Moses, or Moses took the bones of Joseph. Yeah. In, uh, I do believe it's, uh, let's see here. In uh, last week's podcast, I mentioned that there was that documentary on Netflix, uh, Patterns of Evidence, and they found a tomb in Egypt that is uh, like a Semitic uh, style. Well, this one is amongst Semitic houses, but it's a, a Egyptian-style tomb, but there's no bones in it. And that was interesting that uh, the bones were missing from it, which would go right along with if this was, in fact, the tomb of Joseph. Uh, in Egypt, that uh, that now the bones were moved, and where were the bones moved to? We know that they ended up in in Shechem. Interesting. I was just looking up something here. Yeah. Well, while you're doing that, I want to jump back just for a quick second because I think that um, 
you know, we have our brothers and sisters in the land today, the Jewish people. And if you look in, uh, in chapter 49, uh, verses 9 and 10, it talks about uh, Israel's prophecy over Judah as well. And uh, in the prophecy, it says, Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, and as an old lion, who shall rise him up? But then it gets very, very interesting here in verse 10. It says, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. And so this is obviously the prophecy that the Messiah will come from the line of Judah, and we know that Yeshua is a Judite. And so the lawgiver, it's just very interesting that Yeshua, you know, we're in the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith, and we see that the lawgiver is the Messiah. The Messiah is the lawgiver. Uh, and that the gathering of the people will be unto Judah. Well, who's in the land today? That's right. The Jewish people. So who are we going to gather to? The Jewish people, the, the Judites. Absolutely. And, and Yeshua himself is a Judite, and he is the lawgiver, the king. He holds the scepter. And in all the prophecies that talk about uh, the, the uh, two houses of Israel coming together, the Jews and the non-Jews, that they're going to meet in Jerusalem uh, with Yeshua himself, and that we will have one head over all of us. And who is that one head? Yeshua. No, that's a good point. And going back to Exodus thirteen nineteen about the bones of Joseph. It actually says here in Exodus thirteen nineteen, And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones away hence with you. So how old was Joseph when he died in Genesis fifty twenty six, 26? Uh, it says that when Joseph died, he was being 110 years old. He was 110 years old. And what two things did they do to Joseph after he died? They embalmed him, and they put him in a coffin in Egypt. Wow. You know, there's so many things we can share uh, about this particular uh, Torah portion. But but once again, we just want to reiterate how important these lessons are found in the Torah, especially in regard to our family tree. As we leave the book of Genesis and go into Exodus uh we, we, we know that he declares the end from the beginning, Ryan, and that's why the enemy doesn't want us in the Torah, because the, the end is declared in the beginning, because in the beginning, you know, God created the heaven and the earth. And so, uh, once again, we are living in exciting times. It is really hopping at Bay Tehillah. If you, if you can't come to our community, at least watch live streaming, but we are having some incredible services of revival and restoration and insight that I've just been waiting for for so long that it's it's coming. It's here now. Amen. Uh, guys, this is a very exciting tour portion, one of the most exciting places in the tour because it's one of those places where we as non-Jews can look into the Torah and we can find ourselves as part of the story and that we can then follow the seed all the way through Scripture uh, up to the present day and the prophecies that are relevant for today. And so uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you guys can obviously reach out to us, as you know, uh, through our website at topraise.net, uh, or uh, you guys can reach out to us via email. It's uh, info at topraise.net, info at topraise.net, or by phone you can call the office here at 813-654-2222. Uh, we love you. We bless you guys. Uh, just like Israel blessed uh, the tribes of Israel, uh, his sons, uh, we want to just bless you guys that you'll receive your identity in Christ, that you'll hold on to the promises of God because they are relevant for today. So have a great week. Uh, amen and amen. <laughs>